0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. Let's get to it. The GOP, the Republican Party in America, is eating itself alive, and it is setting itself up for unbelievable defeat if it continues on this path. How's that for a way to start a podcast? (laughs) As I sit here right now on May the 10th, 2021, the Republican Party is likely this week, the Republican Party, at least the version of it up at the House, on the Hill in Washington, D.C., is likely to remove Liz Cheney, representative from Wisconsin, Uh, House chair, uh, House committee chair, uh, third ranking in Republican leadership in the House of Representatives, she is likely to be removed. She is likely to be voted out of her position as the highest ranking woman in the GOP in the House, but also uh, in her position at all as the third ranking Republican in the House. Why? Well, let's talk about that. Liz Cheney is a woman of principle. She is a woman of her own mind. Uh, She has voted with Donald Trump 98% of the time when opportunity arose, 98% of the time. She's a conservative's conservative. She has stood by Trump and she has stood by her conservative principles time after time after time. She is, of course, the daughter of Dick Cheney, who is, of course, vice president under George W. Bush. But all of that to say that she has run afoul of the Republican leadership and run afoul, more importantly, apparently, of Donald Trump. And she found the happenings of January 6th to be unconscionable, unendurable, something she would not let stand. And shortly after, she voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump. That was probably her the turning point. Though she'd been very popular in the party, she's a, she had a well-spoken, a good-looking woman, and I would say that if she was a man, don't get mad at me. Uh, that's important in politics. Politics is not just Hollywood. For, for some people say that politics in D.C. is for uh, Hollywood for ugly people. Well, that's not necessarily true. You got some good-looking people up there, and they do well on camera, and the, and the and the press loves them, and she's one of them. Well, so she's been popular. She's been well-spoken. She's been articulate. She's risen in the party leadership. But as a matter of conscience, when it came time that a vote was forced as to whether Donald Trump should be impeached by the House, she, though she's a member of the Republican Party, voted for his impeachment. She believed that he did incite the riot of January 6th, that he did engage in reckless endangerment uh, of lives that he did encourage violence, that he did encourage an assault upon a branch of the American government. And as a result, he should be impeached. This is a woman who had voted with him on the issues 98% of the time. So the House and her fellow Republican leaders looked at that as of being of the moment. They didn't blame her. A number of other Republicans voted for impeachment. A lot of people were ready for Trump to be spanked and then sent away. What's happened though, and this is gonna be a real issue for the Republican Party in the years to come. What has happened is that Donald Trump has continued to maintain a hold on the Republican Party. Some Some of you will remember that I addressed this many podcasts ago that I said that if they're not careful Trump will maintain a stranglehold on the Republican Party and to be Republican will be to be Trumpite. It'll be the same thing as opposed to the Trump era simply being a passing era in Republican and national history. So he has worked hard to retain his control. He has worked hard to uh, exercise his influence. There have been state legislatures that have actually punished various congressmen and senators for not standing with Trump at certain junctures. There have actually been sanctions Uh, Clearly, many people consider that the future of the Republican Party in America is one with Donald Trump. If you break ranks, if you part, if you disagree, if you vote against the wishes of Donald Trump, especially if you voted for his impeachment, you are a traitor. You are not to be trusted. You probably need to be removed from office. And that's what's likely to happen this week. Again, I'm recording these words on May the 10th, 2021. And this very week, it is likely that Liz Cheney is going to be removed, not from office, that's something that only uh, an election could do in her state, but removed from her party leadership role as the third-ranking GOP leader in the House. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that this signals a step towards the GOP being more tightly in the hands of Donald Trump. And I've told you before, I am grateful for much that the uh, Trump administration did. There are some people in that administration I respect as much as I respect any American politician of my lifetime. I'll talk to you about one of them in just a minute. I think they did some good things. As bashing as he was, as uninformed as he was, um, as as contentious as he was, nevertheless, not only Trump himself, but people in his administration, did good things. They screwed up some major things, no question. History will record that. They themselves will tell you that uh, in private, probably before it's all over with, tell you that from the from the campaign stump. Uh, the Trump administration certainly had its failures and certainly had its foibles, but good people that were in there, competent, experienced patriots, and they attempted to do some good things and they did some good things. And by the way, it's fascinating to me that the Biden administration has actually continued some of the more controversial aspects, some of the more controversial policies of the Trump administration uh, down on the border some other things that they, they haven't reversed themselves. So all of that to say that it is, it is good to acknowledge that Trump has done some good things. However, he is not the definition of conservatism. He is not the definition, should not be the definition of the GOP. He should take a step back like other presidents have done, whether they won one or two terms, and he should allow the party to move forward. You don't see Barack Obama on the front page of everything these days because he's backing off to give Mr. Biden a chance. You, you, didn't, you Throughout history, uh, a wise president who has finished his time in the office steps back, helps his party from behind the scenes, encourages good trends, but doesn't try to dominate the stage. Trump is too big an ego. I'm sorry, he's too big an ego. And he believes the lie that his, the election was stolen from him. He thinks he should be president right now. He's going to continue to sound that trumpet. And as a result, he is going to continue to attempt to control the GOP. And oddly, a great many GOP leaders, may I say this and please hear it, who are better leaders than he is, who are better men and women than he is, who would be better presidents than he was are choosing to kowtow to his preferences, believing, wrongly I think, that the future of the Republican Party is tied to Donald Trump. It does not have to be that way. So Liz Cheney, whose main quote-unquote fault, whose main, the main issue against her is that she is saying that it is a quote, big lie, unquote, that Mr. Trump is telling that he actually won the election. She is calling out the big lie that Donald Trump continues to push, that he actually won the election and the election was stolen from him. Now, listen, we've been over this before in this podcast. The fact is there's always a little tiny margin of corruption in an election. Uh, again, I can't promise. I, I used my favorite town, Bucksnort, which is right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I can't promise there wasn't a little bit of corruption in Bucksnort. You know, none of us can. But overall, this was an immensely fair election. And Mr. Biden, though he was not my candidate, God knows, he won by a fairly sizable margin. We've put presidents in office with far smaller margins than what Mr. Biden won. I mean, I believe it was, what, 70 votes, 70 electoral votes. That's a huge margin given American electoral politics. Mr. Biden won. He won handily, and he won fairly. That doesn't mean there's not a margin of corruption. I think there's always a margin of corruption. But the fact is that now the entire GOP seems to have, at least its leadership, seems to have taken up this belief, this quote-unquote big lie. Liz Cheney has been calling out that big lie, saying it's a lie, saying the future of the party is not Trump. Saying Mr. Trump did good things, he should retire. He should go on with his life. Let's let the party evolve and emerge, move beyond the Trump years, grasp its conservative principles, and form itself for a new generation. And by the way, I want to tell you quickly that's exactly what it ought to do. I've never met Liz Cheney. I don't live in Wisconsin. I'm not. I've never voted for her. Uh, but what she is saying on these issues is true. What we need is a Republican Party that builds upon the good of the Trump era, distances. Its itself from the negatives of the Trump era and morphs itself for to appeal to a new generation, a new demographic, a new ethnic and racial configuration in the United States. The party is relevant. It has good ideas. It has the principles of freedom. It ought to stop behaving stupidly, stop devouring its young, and begin to prepare itself for the challenges ahead. I'm a conservative. I'm slightly right of center on the American scale. I believe in good conservative values. I think the left has some good ideas too. I think we should listen to them. I think we should discuss. I think we should engage in some compromise. I believe in American common sense. I believe in the radical middle. And that's where I stand. That's where my, my politics, my faith, my experience, all of it lands me. What I don't get is the GOP devouring its young. What I don't get is the circle firing squad as somebody recently described it. I love that. Picture a circle firing squad where you're just shooting everybody on your own team. That's exactly what the Republicans are doing. And so what we have now is not drama that is about a a wise conflict with the left, a wise conflict with some of the ridiculous policies of the Biden administration. No, we're shooting Republicans. We're taking our time to punish people because they are not goose stepping behind Donald Trump. I believe the future of the party, if the GOP is wise, could belong to a fine man like Mike Pence. I'm a big believer in Mike Pence. I believe he was in Trump's shadow for many years. I think he served nobly. I think he had the opportunity to serve as vice president, and he wanted as a patriot to serve. I don't think he would have chosen Donald Trump as the man to be paired to. If he just had, had any choice he could make anywhere, anytime, just on a level playing field, he would not have preferred to serve uh, as vice president to a man like Donald Trump. But Trump did good things. Mr. Pence saw it. Mr. Pence helped him do other good things. Other patriots in the administration helped Mr. Trump do good things. Uh, And and actually, uh, there's a great deal of the behind the scenes story that I hope you hear in future books. But I'd love to see uh, Mike Pence run for president. I'd love to see some of the other people uh, in the GOP run for president. There are better leaders, better people, better consciences, uh, better people of faith, uh, more balanced uh, personalities, better temperaments that who could, who could win the presidency. And I think Mike, president, uh, Mike Pence, by the way, is one of them. But not if we build idols to Donald Trump, which is the same thing as building idols to the past. Look, I knew George W. Bush, like George W. Bush, wrote a book, New York Times selling book about George W. Bush, but I don't think he ought to be the next president. His, his day was done. He'd put in his eight years. He served us well. He left office. Now he's doing noble things uh, that he's gifted to do. That's how it works. But right, but right now, as much as I honor him and he's a little bit closer to my level of politics, if suddenly he circled back and became the measuring line of the GOP, well, what would happen? We would be out of date. We'd be firing on each other. We'd be having circle firing squads. We'd have people punished for not lining up and saluting George W. Bush. You understand what I'm saying. It's, it's retro, it's old, the season is past. A new party needs to emerge, not breaking entirely from the past, but with new faces and young faces and different skin colors and ethnicities and genders and articulate the core principles of freedom that have been powerful all throughout our history. Instead, what we're gonna do is fight over who is saluting properly, Donald Trump that's an old battle. It's an unnecessary battle. Mr. Trump, if he had character, should recede a bit, be the elder statesman, sit in smoke-filled rooms if he wants to, and give advice and and, and support certain candidates and, and influence politics that way. But don't keep a stranglehold on the whole party. Don't get behind. Now Donald Trump has not only said he's in favor of Liz Cheney being removed from, from her leadership office, he's going to engineer people to run against her so she's removed from the Congress completely. So she's defeated in her district. Great. Great. This is what a president should be doing, killing Republicans. And that's what's going on. So we are at a turning point. And I would strongly urge those of you on the Hill who listen to this podcast, shut this stuff down. The issue really isn't Liz Cheney or not Liz Cheney, although I realize she's become the, uh, the symbol of all this uh, in the current battle. The issue is whether the GOP is a big enough tent to allow people to go forward together who both believe strongly in Donald Trump and who don't, who both believe that he should have been impeached and who don't who both believe that he engendered violence against a branch of government and, and, and uprooted and, and you know, over, tried to overturn an election on January 6th, and those who didn't. Is it possible that we could all be in the same tent? Is it possible that we could move forward together to fashion a new day of righteous, fair, wise, conservative leadership in this country? Is that possible? Or are we really going to spend our time? Here we are just over 100 days into the Biden administration. Are we really going to spend our time shooting those who aren't faithful enough, who aren't pure enough, who aren't, in a political sense, righteous enough? And we're going to shoot this woman who is the daughter of a U.S. vice president, who has served well, who has risen to leadership in her party, and now we're going to shoot her? Why? Because she doesn't think that Donald Trump is awesome. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's going to damage the party. Even Joe Biden has said, "I don't understand the Republicans. He would never behave this way." We need to go back to Donald Reagan, I'm sorry, Ronald Reagan's dictum, thou shalt never speak ill of a fellow Republican. Go behind the door, light up a cigar, yell and scream at each other if you want to. When you emerge, emerge unified. We need unity right now. The Biden administration is clearly skewing hard left. It's not going to work because those ideas don't work. Conservatives need to be there, not saying nanny, nanny, boo-boo, but instead presenting a unified party with wisdom, solid conservative principles and showing themselves a big enough tent to allow people who differed on some of the issues. If you start having purity trials a la Red China... You start having purity trials all of Stalinist Russia, you will absolutely destroy the party, and you will have a left-leaning presidential administration and probably House and Senate for a generation. So stop it. That's the whole point of this podcast here. Stephen Mansfield says, Stop it. It's great to have you with me. Let's see what happens this week. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker